It's Monday Night Football, boys and girls. Saints and Panthers, time to preview the game and give our official prediction. We thought this show needed some class for a Monday. That's how we're going to start this week with class. We are bringing in Fletcher Mackle from Uptown. Oh, I mean, he's not really Uptown when he does the show, but he went to De La Salle. That's the closest thing we could get to class on this show. We better start it quick before my lie detector starts going crazy bonkers. Anyway, you don't want to hear me talk anymore about meaningless stuff. You want to hear the show. And it's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends out there who can't wait for... And that little song used to mean something back in the day. Dun, 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 dun. That used to mean something. Now it's just like, eh, whatever. They got so, there's so many football songs out there now. You know, it's kind of overload. It is what it is. Doesn't mean nearly as much. Well, hello, everybody. It's Monday morning. It's not the same kind of Monday morning that we're going to have for the rest of the season or we had last week. It's not a Monday morning where we're doing Derry's Dime or reviewing. We're going to have to do that on Tuesday morning because the Saints indeed are playing Monday night football against the Carolina Panthers on the road. Their only Monday night football appearance of the year, barring the flex or whatever they call it. Didn't Duran Duran sing a song about that? Yeah, well, barring that weirdness, uh, this is the only appearance. The Saints have two other primetime games as of now. They're both Thursday night football. They play Jacksonville, I believe, end of ne towards the end of next month or early November. I don't remember exactly what week it is. That's in the Dome. And then they play at the looking pretty decent, as I predicted, Los Angeles Rams. That one is, I think, the week before Christmas on a Thursday night. So two Thursday night games, nothing else in primetime, barring the reflex or whatever it is. Um... By the way, if you don't know, I'm Jim Derry, and I'm sports betting writer at the Advocate of the Times McCune at bet.nola.com. I bet you didn't know, if you didn't look at the number while you were clicking on this, that this is Datitude episode number 167 for a Monday, September the 18th, 2023. There will be a show tomorrow, by the way. We will have Derry's Dime, a special Tuesday edition. I can probably count the number of times on one hand we've had a Tuesday edition. But tomorrow we will, and it'll be short. It'll be sweet, and it'll be Coach's reaction and maybe Derek Carr's reaction, and who knows. And I hope it goes better than what I predicted in my NFL picks column. And if you did not see the live show this morning, I'm not going to give it away. I give my official, 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 official prediction with Fletcher Mackle, who's coming up in just a minute. Fletcher Mackle, sports anchor at WDSU. You see how it works in this business? He had me on his show last night. I have him on my show this morning. That's how we, we kind of do this sometimes. Uh, the game is on WDSU tonight, uh, and it's also on ESPN, whichever you prefer. Uh, I would say watch it on WDSU, and I'm not just saying that. 
for Fletcher, who's coming on, uh, but support the locals, right? It's the same exact broadcast. Why wouldn't you watch it on WDSU? So it's at 6.15, a weird time. So if you're getting home from work about 5.30, uh, quarter to 6, you better hurry up and get that dinner done or either that or eat while you're watching the game, whatever it is. Um, before we get to Fletcher, there are a couple things that I just wanted to bring up. First of all, I'm obviously, when you, if you were watching the show live this morning or if you find it on Twitter or whatever, you're like, I don't know, you could tell that I'm already in the, I am so begging for cool weather. You know, yeah, I'm not going to go a show without talking about the weather, at least not right now. Um, you know I'm begging for fall weather so much that I'm drinking out of a Christmas mug that I didn't even realize. Um, and not only that, my coffee is like, has gotten super cold now. And I let it. I let it get cold because I'm dreaming of days coming up. It's not, it won't be too long now. It won't be too long. Um, you know who, what else is cold is some of these football teams that are out there. They had some weird football yesterday. And I said this last week. Um, for those of you who watched more than, I don't know, half an hour of football yesterday, and I know some of you only watch the Saints. That's okay. I mean, there, there are different kinds of fans out there. We've had this discussion before. Um, some of you went and fed the pigeons at the park. It's all good. Um, you know, some of you, do people go to the mall anymore? I don't know. But I'm sure there's someone out there listening that went to the mall, uh, whatever it is. But if you watched football yesterday um, and last week, this game is changing, and it's changing in a hurry. I'm not just talking about rules. I'm talking about the way coaches coach. I mean, it is it, – I don't know when they made it illegal that you can't punt from the opponent's side of the field anymore. I mean, is there some kind of line or some kind of rule that I didn't realize that happened in the offseason? You just can't punt. If you're, unless you're, you're like old school coach, which Dennis Allen's kind of an old school coach in a young man's body, which I like. I mean, that's that definitely one thing I like. All these coaches now, it's fourth and eight on the 46, and you're going for it. It is, it is uh, you have a 13, you score a touchdown and get a 13-point lead and you go for two. Or conversely, you cut a, you're down 14, you score a touchdown, so now you're down eight. I saw this twice yesterday. You score a touchdown, down 14, so now you're down eight, and you go for two. Why? Why would you go for two? It makes zero sense to go for two there. And Zach, you and I have, have had this debate, and we will continue to have this debate. This is a 50-something versus 30-something slash 40-something debate or whatever. But it, I, I hate the way that the game is. I hate the direction this game is going and going forward on fourth down all the time. That's, mad, that's things you do when you're playing a video game. But it is infiltrate. And I'm telling you, in two, three years, it's going to be 100%, and maybe not even that long, I mean, it's getting to the point now where you almost expect people to go for it no matter what. I mean, the, the crap that Arthur Smith pulled yesterday in the Falcons-Packers, it worked. So, I mean, people can argue with me and say, well, it worked. They won. But it was just flat out dumb. I mean, if you have a chance to go look at the play-by-play -play and look at where the Falcons went for it on fourth down yesterday, and I don't know how many times they went for it officially. It had to be at least five or six. I'm, and I'm probably being conservative. I'm, I'm, I have no idea. I'm not looking at the stats. I didn't look at the stats. I don't know. I didn't look at the play-by-play. -play. I watched the game. But 
They had a chance to clinch basically the game and force Jordan Love to go down the field and beat you. I think there was like a, I think it was 108. I don't know why 108 sticks out. But it's 108, and it's fourth and one from like the, I don't know, 20-yard line. Youngway Koo is not going to miss the field goal. Clearly going to make the field goal. So th that's not why he went for it. So Atlanta goes for it. They get it. But if you don't get it there, you're screwed. You're going to lose the game. If you don't get that first down, you're going to lose the game. Why wouldn't you kick the field goal? You're down two. You're down two. You don't kick the field goal there. So what ends up happening is they get the first down, and uh, the next time they had fourth down, it was there was like, I don't know, there were only like 18 seconds or something. So then they did kick the field goal because they didn't have a choice. Made no sense. That's just one example. I'm seeing this everywhere. I mean, I've talked about throughout the last couple of years how big of an idiot I think Brandon Staley of the Chargers is. I mean, that dude's just like waiting to be fired. It's a miracle that guy's not fired. I mean, if the Chargers had any brains whatsoever, they would have fired Staley the second they knew that Sean Payton was available and brought Sean Payton in to coach the Chargers. Because that's a completely different If Sean Payton is with the Chargers, that's a Super Bowl caliber kind of team. And Lord knows, and you guys, most of you guys know, I'm not a Sean Payton fan. I, I think it's hilarious that he's 0-2 and that they lost yesterday and they had another no-call situation, by the way. Speaking of things that happened in the NFL, did you, did you see that? Broncos are in a situation, they were winning the whole game. They let the commanders come back. The commanders take a lead. It's an eight-point game. Broncos drive to, the, to midfield. They got one last play. Russell Wilson throws a Hail Mary and the commanders to show you how big of a bunch of idiots they are. I mean, it sure goes to show you anybody can be. Commanders and, <clears throat> excuse me, commanders and Falcons are 2-0. And I think both are complete facades. All right, mirages, whatever you want to call them, canards, whatever you want to call them. Whatever word you want to use, they're not real. Okay, that's not a real 2-0 for either one of those teams. But the commanders yesterday on the Hail Mary pass, and I'm digressing inside of a digression, all they got to do is knock it down. Guy has a chance to knock it down, doesn't. And then it like gets batted up in the air, and as the receiver who's catching it in the end zone for the Broncos, there's a defender in front of him that literally all he has to do is slam his hand through the ball, and the ball's going to get knocked to the ground, but no, the guy is trying to pick it off for some unknown reason. What? Makes no sense. Whatever. So anyway, the guy catches the, the touchdown. It's now a two-point game. Broncos go for two. There's no time on the clock. Clearly, and I mean clearly, passing. I want the Broncos to lose. I mean, even though I had them in my picks, they're not going to cover in the picks. Um, so now I'm rooting for them to lose because I want Sean Payton to be 0-2. Clearly, pass interference. No call. What is it about pass interference and Sean Payton that the refs just don't want to call it. I, I'd like to say that I felt bad for him, but I didn't. But Anyway, week two was weird, and it's not over yet. Two games tonight, Saints at Panthers at 6.15, and the Browns are at Pittsburgh at 7.15. That game is on ABC if you want to do the multi-view. Uh, if you want to watch Saints-Panthers at 6.15, by the time the Browns and Steelers started, it ought to be close to halftime, I would imagine. So you can 
at halftime, you can kind of switch over, watch that for a few minutes. Or no, or don't. Or listen to Fletcher. On, or I don't know who's doing that. If they're kicking in at halftime or what they're doing. I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> I really am all over the place again. I thought Friday was bad. I don't know what's going on with me. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm trying to get all these thoughts out at one time. Maybe, maybe I, I'm feeling like I have early dementia or something, and I'm trying to get all my thoughts out well, clearly while I still can. I'm not making fun at all. Really not. I worry sometimes. Um, maybe I'm just trying to get all my thoughts out as clearly as I can. They all come out at one time. It is what it is. If you're still listening 12 minutes and 42 seconds into this pod, you deserve yourself a pat on the back, my friend. All right, let's get to Fletcher Mackle before we lose the few people that we got left. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. Again, I went on Fletcher's show last night with Sharif Ishak. Um, but we talk about what needs to happen tonight. And it's kind of some of the same things. I just wanted to get Fletcher's take on the left side of the offensive line, Trevor Penning, Brian Burns against Trevor Penning. Um, Derek Carr is over under, whether it's a good prop bet. I think it was at like 2.30 this morning. Uh, over under 2.30 on whether Derek Carr, and it's actually juiced to the under, which tells me that more people are betting the under than betting the over on Derek Carr tonight. They the experts who bet these prop bet things, um, they think Derek Carr is going to have a bad night. What do you think? Uh, is Jamal Williams going to have a better night tonight? Remember, remember, you know, he only rushed for 48 yards last week on 18 carries. Is he going to do better tonight? I think his over-under is like 57. Uh, there is a receiving prop that I really like that we talk about in just a minute. Then the defense. Uh, I have to say I was surprised at the defense and uh, how low their ranking was. Maybe it was because they had so many turnovers that we didn't realize. Maybe they did give up a few plays that we didn't, you know. And Ryan Tannehill was getting pounded. There was a reason why he threw three, three picks. It wasn't just because he's, people think he's terrible. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's that bad either. I think the Saints just, just pressured him. Uh, will we see that same pressure tonight of Bryce Young? We talk about that, and then we give... Our official predictions, again, my official official prediction, because I already had one in my NFL picks column, will I stay the same or will I change it? We'll have to wait and see. But you don't have to wait very long. And Fletch, what's going on? Not a lot, Jim. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on WDSU last night. Was that your maiden WDSU voyage last night? It was, and I gotta tell you, with no I'm not trying to insult my friends at at the other stations that I've been on, but you guys have the nicest studio. I mean, it, it, it is a beautiful studio. Of course, it helps that you're in a, in a great prime location. Not that the others aren't. My friends, Doug, Garland, they've got great spots too, but you guys on the inside, man, it is, it is beautiful in there. You guys must have been doing some work. Uh, you know what? The crazy thing is this. Actually, they built this building in 96. We did get a new studio in 2017. So the studio you were in is six years old. But the building, I mean, this building, I, I joke, is like impenetrable. That Katrina, we, did, we didn't have a window blown out during Katrina. And in the building, has, I've worked here for 21 years. The building has not changed besides like some paint and stuff. Right. So it's amazing how well it's aged considering it's, it's you know, it's 27 years old. Well, I loved the, the intro that you gave Sharif and I about the whole West Bank thing, you know, that, and you said, go Eagles. I mean, it was a great weekend for the Shaw Eagles. They, they defeated the Rumble Raiders this weekend, got the megaphone back on the West Bank. First time in 15 years. It's, 
It's it's a good weekend. Now we're going to wrap it up. LSU wins. Tulane wins. All we need now is a Saints victory. Yeah, look, I I know you don't love the line, and we talked you talked with Sharif about like some of the reasons why. I, I think this is going to be a tough game, but I still think the Saints are the better team. And and look, it's early in the season. I remember in 2017, the Saints started 0-2, and, and then they won eight straight games and became the darlings of the league, so to say. So anything's possible. But with the fact that the Buccaneers are 2-0, the Falcons are 2-0, the Commanders are 2-0, Dallas looks like a juggernaut. I mean, to me, I, I would like to see the Saints win tonight and, and kind of step into that they're real, they're not suspect, we don't know who they are. I, I, I think that would go a long way in convincing me that, you know, that the Saints are a little bit more formidable than they have been in recent years. Absolutely. I, I think it would be great for the area. If anything else, uh, whatever my prediction may be, doesn't matter. All that matters is if the Saints win or not. By the way, we're going to have a shorter than usual live show. We're normally on for about 40 minutes, probably on about maybe 15 to 20 minutes this morning because we're going to do, do it short and sweet. But if you want to get on a comment or you want to ask Fletcher a question over the course of the next 15 minutes or so, feel free to leave a comment in the comment stream, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, sorry, you just have to watch live and say hello. You can wave at us and pretend like we, we, we see you. Nuvella says, let's go. Who that? And Terry is saying she says she hates the prediction that the Saints are way better and Carr is going to prove it tonight. I mean, I think he's going to prove it all season long. I have no problem with Derek Carr. I think he's Obviously, the best quarterback the Saints have had since since uh, Drew Brees. Fletch, this offense, though, to me, the biggest problem is on that left side of the offensive line. To me, they have got to shore that up. It's hard to do in one game, but are they going to give Trevor Penning some help? Uh, they better give him some help. Look, they gave him help last week. Jeff Asher, who is a data analyst, he mostly does, like, social justice crime. You may know him from his work with the city council in different cities. He's a former CIA analyst and, and now has a data company. He's also a big Saints fan, so he's been doing some work with us, and he's got some great data coming out uh, on our show tonight. We have a pregame show from 5.30 to 6 before kickoff, and uh, he talked about how it was the tale of two halves. Last week, Derek Carr in the first half was like the sixth worst quarterback in the NFL based on per like drop back, what happens on each play that's not a handoff. Then in the second half, he was the second best quarterback in the NFL because the Saints figured it out, got Trevor Penning some help. Carr knew he had to get the ball out quicker. It, they mostly abandoned the run game until that yeah. final series. So kudos to them for figuring out what was not working and getting it to work. But they can't do that all season. They can't say, hey, let's – Let's band-aid it and get through it and grind it out. They've got to fix it and, and make sure it's right. And you're right. I, I, like, I don't know. I, I want to see a better Trevor Penning because at some point you probably have to start wondering, do they put James Hurst back at left tackle where he played last year and put Andres Pete back in his starting left guard spot if, if Penning doesn't get it, that if Penning isn't ready yet and it is either a bust or needs more time to develop, look, Hurst played left tackle solidly last year. People hate Andres Pete. He's like a lightning rod for frustration, but he's still a, still a solid starter. You you have a fix if Penning can't get it together. You know, it scares me because I've been saying what you just said for before last week's game, that I thought that James Hurst should move the left tackle. Andres Pete, assuming he's healthy again, that's a big assumption. 
I mean, I know that maybe there's a reason why they're not doing that. But what I what I hope is Dennis Allen. I thought he was a little bit stubborn with the quarterback situation last year. So Jameis Winston should have got another chance. I hope he's not that stubborn at, on offensive line this year and had that same problem. I mean, you can't wait till midseason to make these kinds of changes. If it's not working, and I'm not saying you need to do it before this game, but I'm saying if we go into this game, the Saints get down and Brian Burns is just beating up on Penning, you got to make a change. I just don't have, don't be stubborn about it. Yeah, look, I, and I don't know if it's this game. Look, I remember if we go back to, I believe it was 2013 when. Teron Armstead took over yes. for Charles Brown. Yep. Look, they drafted Charles Brown. He was out of USC. He was supposed to be a first-round draft pick. They got him in the early second. World of talent. Did I lose you there? Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, that was your guy, Sharif Aishak, calling there. So I apologize for that. Um, I'm doing this on my phone because I was coming out of a meeting and I was running late, so I didn't have. I didn't want to be late, Jim, and boot up my computer for five minutes. So. Um, sorry for the, uh, the handheld action here um, and the calls from Sharif. But I remember Charles Brown was the guy. You know, he was the, 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 the first-round talent. And Sean Payton finally had enough. It was when they were playing the St. Louis Rams, and he just kept whiffing. And, and I guess it was like six games in, and he pulled him because everybody thought Teron Armstead's a project, small school player from Arkansas Pine Bluff. He needs a year of development. And Payton had seen enough and said, that's it. I'm done. Like, Teron Armstead's the guy. Charles Brown was gone after that year. Teron Armstead was fine. I don't know if they pull the plug on Penning in week two, but I don't know if he's got six weeks like Charles Brown had in 2013. That this team, the expectations are too high. Um, the, the, the division is going to be too competitive. You know, winning cures all. But I, I do think... Look, they want to say the right things and do the right things, but they know if if his performance doesn't pick up, I think they're going to be kicking Hurst to left tackle and putting Pete in at guard. I think that's uh, 100% accurate. And, you know, Teron Armstead even struggled a little bit when he first came in, but he you could see him approve every game. And so I guess the thing that worries me about Penny, and I, I agree with you, I don't know if t- two games in is too early, but you can't wait until game eight either. So, I mean, maybe you hope to see improvement from Penning. The problem is that I think Burns is a much better pass rusher than Arden Key. And I'm not taking anything away from Arden Key. I just, Burns is one of the better pass rushers in the league. So, you're going to learn a lot tonight. And don't think for a second that Carolina's not licking their chops. You talk about the running game, Fletch. And, you know, Jamal Williams, obviously Kamara's got two more games to go before he can come back. Jamal Williams, you take out that last 11-yard run that basically salted salted away the game. Great run. But if you take that away, he only averaged two yards per carry. He also has to do better, and that's not just the offensive line. No, and look, and, and that was the big knock on Jamal Williams, that he's not that bell cow. He's not the guy that should be getting all the carries. He was the, I mean, he, he destroyed in the red zone last year for the Lions. He led the league in rushing touchdowns, and people joked that he, he was kind of the, you know, the touchdown robber, if you will, that the, Everybody got him there, and then he did the one-yard touchdown run. He was, for all practical purposes, a short-yardage specialist in Green Bay and especially in Detroit. But you're right. Look, I still blame more of the O-line than him, but I think he's a little bit miscast, even though in training camp, sometimes I, I try to reel it in, and I know we have colleagues in, like our brethren in the media 
in, in, and there's a lot of media now that want to celebrate guys in its training camp, and they're not going against anybody. You know, Jamal Williams looked really good in training camp. He's catching passes. He's talking about being a weapon. It, it's Is he going to be the guy? And then the game starts for real, and we see maybe he's just not the guy. Maybe he is a specialist in, in a short yardage type role. Not to say he can't break one every now and then, but putting him out there is a bell cow, so to say, miscasts him. But yeah, he does have to play better. He has to play better. The O-line has to play better. The, the ground game has to be a factor, you know, going forward, not just tonight, but if they're going to, you know, sustain any type of consistency when it comes to winning. Well, the, the, the matchup tonight especially is interesting. And I know you can't take away a lot from just one week of stats. But if you look at the numbers on the screen, the Saints were 28th in rushing offense in week number one. The Panthers were 27th against the run. So something's got to give. So you would think Williams only got 18 carries last week. I would suspect that number is going to be in the 20s tonight because I would think that Dennis Allen is certainly going to try to at least establish the run, whether he can or can't. Yeah, and look, and I'll say this. I think you're right. I do wonder, though, because I, I go back to 2019 when Teddy Bridgewater took over for Drew Brees. And again, it's Sean Payton. It's not P But the one thing the Saints leaned into when they weren't full strength is attacking other teams' weaknesses. And Carolina with no J.C. Horn, with right. the pass defense that may be suspect, right. I'm not sure they, they, they may, they're going to try to be balanced. But if the Saints like don't just go with an aerial circus tonight, I, I feel like I'm going to be let down. And the one thing I remember when I brought up 2019, Teddy Bridgewater was basically a game manager, if you remember. Right. It was five games, except for one game, Tampa Bay. Tampa had like the 31st ranked passing defense. Their secondary was a disaster, and Bridgewater lit them up because I think Sean Payton knew, I can cut Teddy loose in this game. That's what we have to do to win. Against Dallas, when they beat him like 12-9, to 9, it was just manage the game, and we're going to win a slugfest here. I, I would hope that Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and, and even Derek Carr, with his input, say, yeah, we want to establish the run, but we have got to attack. Their best player in the secondary is out. They are not very good as a pass defense team. This is where we have got to attack tonight, and we've got to go get them in the air. Well, that's why I said on Channel 6's game on last night, I said that I really liked Derek Carr's over passing yards. And I was way too high, by the way. I thought it was uh, like two, 255-ish or something like that. It's 230 and a half. I love that number. And I, I know, again, you're concerned about how many times he's going to get sacked because I do think he's going to get sacked four or five times. I mean, that is the reality. But I still think he's going to be able to throw for a bunch of yards against what you, why you're talking about. Your reasoning is perfect. 230 sounds like a low number. Derek Carr should be able to go over that. I would agree. I mean, look, we're talking a prop bet. Take that one all day. Because either they're going to win and he's going to destroy them, or they're going to be losing, I, I can't see how, and he's probably going to have to throw them back into the game. So, you know, to me, of all the bets you mentioned, when I thought, when I heard you say it last night, it was like 256 or something, I'd yeah. take that in a heartbeat. But now that it's 230, if we're just talking prop bets, go for it. But that's what I think they're going to have to do. Look, I, I go back to... You know, and again, this is all Sean Payton, but these are people from the same mindset. If you go back to the game in Seattle when Teddy first took over, they, they gave Kamara the ball like 40 touches that game. You know what I mean? Like, they lean in to other teams' weaknesses. Like, they're not this, we do what we do and other teams adjust. I think very much 
They are, we got to find the other team's weakness and exploit it. And, and to me, that is, that is Carolina's weakness tonight. And I understand what you're saying. The line has to protect Harvey. He's going to drop back that many times. But to me, that's the weakness they have to attack. That secondary with their elite playmakers in, in, in Olave, Shahid, and Michael Thomas. Jim Derry here with Fletcher Mackle this morning on this special mon- Monday live edition. I can't speak because it's Monday morning and I'm not used to doing a live show. I mean, I can, the one good thing about doing my show on Monday is if I don't like something, I can stop it, rewind, and do it all over again. Can't do that here when it's live. Um, you know, I find interesting, uh, Fletch, also the Saints defensive rankings. They weren't, when I came out and put, them, put the numbers together, I thought the defense was excellent. And I was surprised to see that the numbers were as low as they were. 20th against the run, 15th against the pass. I think if the Saints had that kind of defensive effort all year long, they're going to be just fine on that side of the ball. They look like Dennis Allen's regular top five, top seven kind of defense. Yeah, I I agree with you, uh, you know, because I I saw the same thing. I I thought, look, defense and special teams won that game last week. I mean, the defense, you know, three sacks, three picks on 10. Last year, the Saints didn't get their first pick until week four. They didn't right. get their third pick until week 13. And, and they got three in game one. They get three sacks. They, they held them to a, no touchdowns. I'm like, dude, top 10, right? And then I saw those numbers and I'm like, wait, what? You know, like, so to me, if there's still more meat on the bone for this defense, then yeah, like to me, like that, that's, that's really encouraging. Cause like you, the eyeball test said that was a top 10 performance and it wasn't. So if they can get into the top 10, like they really, I think they really are are going to do a number tonight on on Bryce Young, and so I agree. I, like I'm picking a score tonight that I disagree with you. I, I understand the Saints have not played well in Carolina the last two years. You know they lost their last two years. Um, it's it's historically been a, a tough place for them to play. I I think the defense is going to go to town on Bryce Young, and and Carr is going to go to town on that secondary, and this is going to be a laugher in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Saints have not been successful very much in week two. I know uh, my friend Zach Ewing doesn't care about He said this is one of those trends. To me, a trend is a trend. Whether there's reasoning for it or not reasoning for it, it doesn't make a difference. If it's happened a bunch of times in a row or a bunch of times out of a bunch of times, then it matters. And the Saints, since 2013, have won just once in week two and never on the road in week two in that that stretch. Last time they won on the road in week two was in 2013 against Tampa Bay. The, only, the last time they won, period, in week two is 2018. They haven't started 2-0 since 2013. Fletch, to me, this team, if the, and we talked about the easy schedule. We've been talking about that for months now. But they have got to capitalize. They've got to win games they're supposed to win if they're going to get to that 10 or 11 win total. And we said it before. This NFC South is, they all have the easy schedule. You look at Atlanta's 2-0. They might have to win 11 games to win this division. you got to win these kind of kinds of games. Uh, is that what you feel tonight? You, that this is a, you, know, you can't say must win, obviously. They're already 1-0. It's not a must win. But as far as importance of where they are, it's, it's, it's a big division game. Yeah, and, and just what you said, everybody talks about the Saints have an easy schedule. They don't play elite quarterbacks. The best quarterbacks they play are probably, you know, um, um, Trevor Lawrence and, and Kirk Cousins, maybe, if he's one of the best. Exactly. I mean, I, like, I, you know, maybe Matthew Stafford, but who knows if he's even going to be playing quarterback in December for them, you know? So, again, like, but you're right. The Bucks have an easy schedule. The Falcons have an easy schedule. I, I, I mean, 
I, I just look at it and say that this is this is a game you're favored in on the road. Win this game. Because next week, even though the Packers lost yesterday, they're still going to be favored at home. Jordan Love had a solid game in week one. And, and, and look, winning at New England is, look, I, 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 that game last night I watched. I'm not saying New England's great, but this is a rookie quarterback with an injured secondary, and you are the veteran team coming off a, a, a really nice second half. Yes, this is a game that, I, again, not a statement, not a must win, but it's, it's, a, it's something tangible. Like they use the term stacking wins. Stack yep. wins like this because they're going to matter at the end of the season. Especially division wins because you get in those tiebreaker situations. You never know what's going to happen and how you need him. Okay, it's prediction time. I've been waiting until today. I had a, a prediction last Wednesday is when my column came out, uh, but I reserved the right to change my official pick to today. You're the guest, Fletcher. I'm going to let you go first. What is your official pick tonight? You can watch the game on WDSU. It's an early time, 6.15. What time are you guys going on the air, by the way? We're going to be on starting at 4, and then we have a, a pre – we're doing a ton of coverage starting at 4, um, and then we have a full-fledged, like, pregame show at 5.30, and then immediately after the game, we're on live for, like, 90 minutes carrying everything. By the way, I want to look like Jim Mora when I'm 87 or 88, whatever he is. 88. That is that is amazing. This dude is amazing. I mean, like he, he looks like he's like seventy two or something like that, and 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 and, and an in shape seventy two. By the way, I know. Like I picked him up, and I'm like, what are you like? What fountain of youth are you drinking? Exactly. From? Right. Can I, we have some? Yeah. Right. He's in great shape. He looks great. I agree. Yeah. I love so, Jim Mora. I love me some so, Jim Mora. He's been on this so, show, by the way. He came on. I know. And, I know. I know. Great. Um, so my prediction is, I told you I was going big. Or bigger. I'm not. I'm not saying the Saints are scoring like in the 40s, but okay. I. Because I, I do think. Look, I do think Carolina's defense, Burns, is elite. I, I think that they're a good defense. I, I am going 27-13 Saints. Wow, that is super big. That is a huge prediction. All right, Saints lovers who call me Derry Downer, turn your turn your screen off. Or if you're listening on the podcast on delayed basis. You can just stop listening now because you're not going to like this prediction. I'm not changing it. I, I, I just I, I don't like this matchup for the Saints offensive line. I think it's going to be – I do think Derek – I really do like the prop bet of Derek Carr. I do think he's going to throw for a lot of yards. I think partly because the Saints are going to be behind. Um, I just don't like this matchup. I really don't. I don't think Bryce Young's going to play all that well. I think it's going to be an ugly kind of game, kind of like last week. I'm predicting the same score I predicted in my column. Panthers 18 – Saints 17. I don't know how they get to that number. It doesn't matter. I like the under. Uh, I just, it's, it's ugly. It's going to be an ugly kind of game. Yeah, look, I, I, I can certainly see that. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, last year I thought they were going to go in and decimate that team, and, and they lost. Two years ago, coming off that, that Green Bay win, I was in Jacksonville after Ida when they beat Green Bay in Jacksonville, and I thought they are going to go smoke this team, and they lose. Carolina and Carolina has given them issues. That defense is good. I, I love Bryce Young. I love them at Bama. But I just think tonight, I just think this is going to be more. I said I didn't want to call it a statement game. I think this is a little bit of a statement for Dennis and Pete. Don't don't keep dumping on us. We know what we're doing. You know, the offense breaks I, through and the defense steps up. You know, I agree. Hey, look, I, I'm rooting for Pete. I got to say, I was all over him last year. I was probably harsher on Pete Carmichael than anyone. Okay, I, 
I had a name for him that I haven't used this year. I'm not going to, I'm trying to be positive. I think that Dennis Allen has changed it. I think Dennis Allen is a different coach. Like you could see it in training camp. He was way more confident in himself and, and just the way that he just kind of took charge. And I like, I like the way he's handling himself. So I think this is a different team. I think this coaching staff feels different about themselves. Uh, Uncle Big Nick says if the Saints score 20, they win. Maybe that's true. Terry says the Saints. I think she meant Saints, not Santa. I mean, although maybe she's getting uh, Santa. too fast. I got a Christmas coffee mug this morning, so maybe that's what she's saying. I don't know. But uh, I hope you're right, Fletcher. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope you guys have great ratings. Everybody watch the game on WDSU tonight. Fletcher, you going to get a nap in before the big night? No, I'm here. I'm, I'm at work, and I'll be here till like midnight. All right. Well, enjoy it, and I hope everybody else has enjoyed it, and I thank you for coming on. We'll, we'll see you next time. Uh, maybe I'll be on Game On before the season's over. Let me tell you, your man in demand, I have a feeling, will be, will be begging you to come back soon. See, that's what happens when you go 4-1 and one in your best bets two weeks in a row. People want you to be on their show. It's a good thing they didn't pick, on, pick my other picks because, whew, man. I did pretty darn good on my best bets. Again, 8-2 and two for the season on my best bets. If that's all you're playing, if you read my NFL picks column and you bet my, my best bets, you are winning some moolah. If you're playing the other ones, you are losing some moolah. Let's just put it that way. So, But uh, I was right about the Saints last week and the fact that I said they would, won, they would win. I was wrong in the fact that I thought they would cover. So I know there are a lot of people tonight who hope I'm wrong both about the who I think their winner is going to be, and of course about the spread, but they go hand in hand tonight. Um, again, I I just I don't like the matchups, um, and that's kind of how I picked this game. But again, I don't love it. It wasn't even close to one of the best bets. Like if I ranked it from one to sixteen, in fact, I do a confidence pool with Uncle Big Nick and my friend Dom. I. I doing spreads, I picked Carolina, and I think I had it somewhere along the lines of, like, it was my eighth or ninth most confident pick. So, I don't love the pick, and if I were an outsider, I mean, I, and I, I just would stay away from it. I wouldn't even bet it tonight. In fact, I'm not going to bet it tonight. I can tell you that. I will not bet on the Saints-Panthers game. And I have no problems betting on or against the Saints. And people say, I don't touch Saints games. Um, and then there are other people who bet on the Saints every time, no matter what. And then there are people that they only bet when they think the Saints are going to win, and then they bet on the Saints. I have no problem. I treat the Saints as I treat anyone else. If I think the Saints are going to cover, I bet on them to cover. If I think they're not going to cover, I bet against them. Um, and if I don't feel strongly about it, I don't bet it either way, and that's what I feel tonight. If anything, I would probably bet the under. Um, Although it's kind of been an over kind of weekend, especially in the early window yesterday. I think the only under, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I know one of the unders was one that a lot of people thought would go over. Uncle Big Nick and I were talking about it with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that was, what, a 17-9 ball game Chiefs covered. I got that one right, but I did not get the total right. I thought it would go over as well. So I don't know. Uh, I don't feel strongly about that either. So I'm not, uh, I'm not touching the Saints game either way. Uh, and then Browns, Steelers, uh, I don't know. Probably won't play that either. There's, a, there's really no reason for me to play tonight. So, I mean, that's – people like to say, what do you think about tonight? How do you feel about tonight? I'm like – and they don't like it when I say, eh, 
I don't really like it. I'm not going to bet it. What? I mean, there's some people that bet everything. You know, there are some people that just bet to bet. And I, I don't do that. I mean, that's how you lose money. You don't just bet to bet. I mean, if I wanted to bet to bet and I don't really have a strong feeling, I might as well flip a coin. Who wants to bet money flipping a coin? I can go play bingo, and at least that lasts 45 minutes. It's not going to do it. So anyway, so there, there you go. How about that for, uh, for intestinal fortitude? I'm not betting it, so I hope I'm wrong. It's, it makes for a better story. Look, I don't like to do Derry's Dime when the Saints lose. You know, we actually get more listeners when the Saints lose, but I'd rather the Saints win. It's more fun. I'd rather point out the positives. You know, I said it with Fletcher. I'm not calling Pete by the nickname that I gave him last year. I'm staying away from that. I, I thought he did an okay job last week. I thought the play calling was fine. Um, them getting blown up on the left side of the line had nothing to do with play calling. And then they tried to give him, give Penning some help, and it kind of worked. There were no sacks in the second half. That doesn't mean it really worked. They kind of went away from it. They had to run a different game plan. I mean, Carr had to be on the move. That's not really what you want to do. That doesn't, just because you don't get sacked doesn't mean things are working. You have to look at how, how you have to play the offense. It's, it's just a different kind of offense. Anyway, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team tonight. I really do. Win or lose. Um, if they play really well and, you know, Penning can improve, maybe I'll feel differently. But, you know, I don't overreact after week two like a lot of people do. I heard so many people yesterday saying, eh. I actually heard someone last night, uh, I, was at, I played poker last night. I heard someone say, I told you this Patriots team is, is the worst Patriots team in the Bill Belichick era. Because what you saw against the Dolphins, they held the Dolphins to 24 points. They had a chance to come back and tie the game at the end. Dolphins are pretty good. I mean, then I had my son. You, liked, you know, I like to tell stories about my know-it-all son. He sends me a text after the game. I didn't respond. because trying not to be mean. And he's not listening to this, so I could say this. And I would say it to his face anyway. But he sends me a text. I told you. Like, and I love it when he starts out with, I told you. Because he does that often. I mean, you know, because when you're 25, you, the world is your oyster, man. You know everything. He sends a text that starts with, I told you. The Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL, hands down. Um, okay, there are other teams that would probably argue with you. You could argue there's plenty of teams that you could say. I mean, first off, the Dolphins, if you want to get technical, the Dolphins scored 24 against the Patriots. The Eagles in week one scored 25. So right there, the Eagles score more points than the Patriots. Who would make you think that the Dolphins had the best offense in the NFL? They have one of the better offenses in the NFL. Um, Tyreek Hill might, might, and I say might, might be the best offensive player in the NFL. But that doesn't make the Dolphins the best. I, I think the Dolphins are highly overrated. We're going to find out soon. I've been wrong before. But I'm certainly not willing to crown anybody or decrown anyone after two weeks. If the Saints go 2-0, I'm not going to say it's, it's a Saints-Falcons race and no one else has a chance. I mean, the Bucs are 2-0 as well, by the way. Um, even if the Panthers lose tonight and go and start 0-2, I said they had a chance to win the division. I still think even if the Saints win, the Panthers still have a chance to win the division. It's early. 
we don't make decisions. You don't crown someone again or decrown someone after week two. Let's not overreact. But that's for later in the week. We're going to have fun with it. Hope you all have fun tonight. I was trying to think of how to go out tonight. You know what? I'm just going to be a homer. I want to be so wrong tonight that I'm going to, like, go Saints all the way. Saints go all the way. I, I did in my uh, trends column, if you didn't see it, I do a trends column every week in a series history. Um, and doing a series history in division games is always fun because you can always find there are so many games to pick and choose from when you're talking about memorable games or moments in the series. Well, I found a picture that I had been looking for for a while, and I finally found it. And it's the lead photo, and it's, it, it's negative towards the Saints, but it's still funny. It, it you know, reminds you, remind you of where this team used to be. Um, it's a picture from the early in the series, I think the third year of the series, when Mike Ditka was coaching and Danny Werfel was the quarterback. And I remember it well. If you're old like me, you probably remember this picture in the Times Picayune. But Danny Werfel got just nailed. He got hit so hard that his helmet spun around on his head. And his eyes are literally plowed up against the back of his helmet. And his face mask was coming out of the back of his head. And the headline we wrote in the Times Picayune, I was the page one, the, the sports page one designer back then. All it said in giant, I think it was like 250 point type, was huh. H-U-H with a question mark, exclamation point, and question mark. That was the headline with that picture blown up next to it. Because the Saints lost, I don't know, I think they got shut out or something along those lines. It was not good. I mean, but not much was good in, in the Ditka area anyway. He only won, I think, 15 games in three years. So, uh, yeah, we've come a long way. So sometimes I like to run stuff like that for us to remember where we came from. And uh, Saints go all the way. We can be a homer. We're going to have fun tonight. It's not going to be a honk kind of game. You're going to be saying, when I come on Derry's Dime tomorrow, you'll be able to scream at your phone saying, you were wrong again, Derry. And I can tell you that I was wrong and be happy about it. We're all going to be homers. Have fun tonight. Go Saints, and uh, we'll see what happens. See you tomorrow morning. Peace and love, my friends. <laughs>